Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. NBA Free Agency, 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. It's official, although, Jay, Key, what we're seeing is, is like, you know, this deal, like, uh, just P.J. Tucker, he's going to take three years, $30 million to go to Philly instead of staying in Miami. Well, wait a minute. You can't talk to anybody yet. How the hell does he know he's getting three years and, and $30 million from Philly? Like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so we see this stuff. You know, Jalen Brunson, the Knicks, he's going to take the Knicks. The Knicks are going to offer him this. Well, how does he know? Well, his dad's actually on the coaching staff, so I'm sure there's that. But I think it's just funny. So all this stuff going on, yes, we will be talking about it. But the one thing we are talking about, and it is Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Alan Hahn in for Max, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. The one thing we are talking about, though, is that Kyrie Irving – uh, is it 5 o'clock today, Jay, right? It, yes. Make it official. Wait, Alan, did, Alan and Key, did, did I miss anything last night? I wasn't on social media as much. Was there any Kyrie Irving breaking news, trades that I should know about since you two are you know, still pushing this narrative that it's, it's never too late? It's not, not over. I'm not, not, not yet. Okay, I just, I just wanted to clarify. Jay, That's all. I'm just – only thing I'm doing is I'm doing what my producers have asked me Uh-oh. to do, which is pay Uh-oh. attention – to the individuals that work at ESPN and deliver the messages from the organizations in the front offices. So that's what I'm doing. I'm listening to Winhurst. I'm listening to the guys that I think have intimate knowledge about the potential of Kyrie Irving still being pursued by the Lakers. That's all I'm doing, Jay. You see, Alan, it gets very serious when Key starts to use his legal voice. Yes. Have you you heard the tone go down? (laughs) Yes. Very, Very calm in his delivery. Yes. Well, yes. I don't want to turn it into a screaming match. You know, I hate those. <laughs> it's I, not a I debate still show. Try to, I still a... want to try to have some energy and deliver it, you know? <laughs> deliver it. Well, you mentioned Brian Windhorst, who, by the way, will join the show uh, at the bottom of the hour. And um, he always brings it very interesting stuff. And as you said, Key, very plugged in, knows stuff. And when he like, he's like me, where there's smoke, there's fire. And he sees something smoldering right now with the Nets and the Lakers. And on the Hoop Collective podcast, he came up with a little scenario between the two, which should make Key happy because it results in Kyrie ending up in L.A. Westbrook for Kyrie trade, the Lakers would save $11 million. That costs something. Westbrook and two unprotected or two lightly protected first-round picks for Kyrie Okay, I know people are telling me you're crazy. Why are you talking about this? It would bail out the Lakers for this season and potentially next and could potentially influence LeBron James thinking when it comes to extending his contract in August. CJ, makes sense. I'm signing up for it, man. (laughs) It makes sense for the Lakers. It doesn't make sense for the Nets. That's what it that's what happens with these deals. It has to make sense for both sides, doesn't it? Well, yeah, no, it, it, it does, Jay, but what if, just what if, when they gave him the permission to go seek a trade partner, 
that that was really their intention was to get rid of him, even though he's opted in to make sure that he can still maximize his earnings for this season, knowing that he still is going to be traded. I never heard Kyrie Irving say, I'm glad to be back with the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant and my homeboys and all. I'm ready to play for Steve Nash. I never heard him say any of that. Mm-hmm. So my antennas are still up. Mm-hmm. And also, let's continue with a little more from Brian Windhorst from a couple of days ago on NBA Today when he talked about the motivation on Brooklyn's side of this. The message the Brooklyn Nets are sending is that they are willing to risk losing Kevin Durant mm. if it means going through what they went through last year with Kyrie Irving. They just cannot have him back under the same terms that, that they had last year. So maybe, Jay, you opt in because that's your best option. The money's there. It's harder to go into free agency. There's not a lot of teams with cap space. The Lakers certainly, you're not going to take a mid-level exception to go to the Lakers. But if you take the option, it makes it so much easier to now trade you. And there's no deadline on it. Can you see that scenario? Potentially. Yeah. Uh, Where are you trading him to? Here's a question I'm going to ask you. Uh, and, and First off, as it relates to the Lakers, I don't know if the Lakers are willing to give up their two picks, uh, 2027, 2029. I'm going to ask for a lot. I'm going to try to take everything from the Lakers. Then okay, maybe if you're Sean Marks, if that helps you, if you think you're going to lose Kevin Durant anyway, potentially if you think you're going to do that deal. But doesn't it make sense? For just because you want to be traded doesn't mean I need to trade you. You're going to play here. So You're why give, give my team the, the best shot to win the championship. So why give me the permission to seek a trade partner if, you don't, if you're not looking to move me? Because I'm calling you a bluff. I'm saying that I don't think a lot of teams want you. And a lot of teams don't have cap space to actually but, get but you, how is that? But how is that calling my bluff when you the one gave me the permission? So I went out and found a trade partner. Now here's the trade partner. The Lakers are my trade partner. You asked for me. To find a trade partner. Here's the trade partner. I found a Los Angeles Lakers and the general manager LeBron James. I found it. Once again, what am I getting in return, Noki? It's not as simple as I found a team <laughs> willing to give me, you know, it, it has to make sense. You can find but see, somebody. Now, but, but now you're getting ready to play right into Kyrie's hands. Because if, if you're worried about disruption and you're worried about all the things that Windhorse just said, now – you are alienating me because you did – I did exactly what you asked me to do, which was find a trade partner. And I got your trade partner. Now you're telling me the trade partner I found you is not good enough when yes. you asked me to go find one? Yes. But you're telling me you're going to keep me even though I don't want to be here now. I, well, I'm not, well, I'm not keeping you. You're the one deciding to opt in for an extra $30 million. If you don't want to be here, take the 6.5 somewhere else, Key. Prove it to me. If you really don't want to be here and you have enough – well, it's too late. I got the 36. I ain't taking this. Then you hear. <laughs> then you hear, Key. You hear. I ain't, I'm not giving you the money and then moving you. You're here. That's what I'm trying well, to tell you. You, 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 are re- you want to take the ri- run the risk and take the chance, like Winhorse said, of losing Kevin Durant by playing games with Kyrie Irving. So be it. If that's what Sean Marks feels that they need to do, they certainly are headed in that direction. And then you say, well, what can you get, right? Check this out, though, Jay. I got one for you. So you get the two two picks from the Lakers, 27, 29 years. You get Westbrook in return. You then got Kyrie out of there. Now Kevin Durant, what can you get for him at this age 
in the prime of his career, could still go somewhere and win a championship, what haul can you get from him? You now stockpile those picks like Philadelphia, like Boston did, like Memphis, and you continue to uh, – OKC, I'm sorry. You continue to do those. Now you got a ton of picks to play with now. I hear Ice got to know that in the span of a year and a half, we went from having a, a, a core team that we literally put on the market to get James Harden we have, I mean, I get what you're saying. We lose James Harden. That didn't work out. We don't have Kyrie, and now we're so close to winning a championship. We got Ben Simmons in this deal, and now we're going back to a rebuild. I think yeah, that's a tough build to swallow. But you put yourself in this rebuild position. If you think about it, though, at the end of the season, what did Sean Mark say? He is not fully committed on dealing with Kyrie, he needs everybody to be on the same page in all in. He's only speaking to one person. And you know how it is. When people talk subliminally to you through people and through channels, that doesn't sit well at all. It's like, talk to me straight up. Brother, I'm not saying this is the, the most optimal situation that the Nets are in. It's definitely not. It's definitely tenuous. But, but I think you see how it goes at the beginning of the season, and you see what kind of traction these two keep if they are able to maintain that, and you see how they build. And if it's not, then you have to make moves. I hear Jay, what you're saying. Jay, I'll leave it like this. I think it's, it's one of those – I think what Keith's trying to say is there's an inevitability to this, that it could be now or it could be February trade deadline or end of season. But it, right now, all you know is that you have Kyrie under contract for one year. You don't know what you're getting out of him this year. And you also know that Kevin Durant adds another year to his age after this season. So there's so what inevitability do you do, to this. I know, no, I you guys I'm are posing you. scenarios. What, 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 I, I hear no people spot. posing scenarios. Tell me what you would do. <laughs> Why are you getting what? so mad? Jay? No, I'm not getting mad. I just like I, this is good conversation. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. I love this. I love this topic. Like I said, we will certainly get back to it because there's a lot of different ways you can go. But I look at this, if I knew more about where, if I'm reading it, where Sean is mentally, where that franchise is and all the things they've been through, you, you went all in getting, getting James Harden and then you saw that just disintegrate. It looked amazing for like a minute and then it disintegrates. And you think to yourself, what are we doing? What are we as a franchise? And are we really ready to just hand it over to this player and do things the way he wants to do them just to make him happy so it makes Kevin happy? Is that how you run a franchise? And if it's, if you don't believe in it, then you move on from it. And mm. I think that's where they're at right now. But again, like I said, there's another conversation we definitely have to get back to. Much more on this is Brian Windhorst going to join us, like I said, at 20 minutes, bottom of the hour. And this Kyrie Irving story keeps the Nets up all night, doesn't it? Coming up, we're going to tell you which quarterback is keeping teams up the night before they play them in the NFL. There are quarterbacks that are scary. Who are they? We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that too. Key's Real Rankings. Oh, this is going to be fun. In fact, let's invite everybody on the crew in on this one as Keyshawn Johnson is going to give us his real rankings. <laughs> So this is all motivated by something that my co-host, Bart Scott, said um, a couple of weeks ago when he talked about how he'd rather – he when he played as linebacker for the Ravens and the Jets, he said, I'd much rather go against Tom Brady every day than go against Peyton Manning. He felt like Peyton Manning was someone that he was that, – that just kept you up at night. You saw a different type of anxiety, he said, that he was not afraid of playing Tom Brady. So a list was made by NFL.com's Bucky Brooks – about the top five scariest quarterbacks in the NFL today. His list. Now, am I giving his list or are we just going to get to Key's list? That's what I need to know here. Yeah. Give, give us Bucky's list first. No, we don't. We, no? no, we don't. Okay. You we don't, don't want to hear that. Bucky's yeah. list okay. at all? All right. No. All right. Okay. Forget about Bucky. Well, that's Let's great. Get Bucky, here's Bucky's list. Number yeah. <laughs> five was Justin Herbert. Number four was Lamar Jackson. Number three was Aaron Rodgers. Number two was Josh Allen. Number one was Patrick Mahomes. That's Bucky Brooks, NFL.com. It's a great list. Excellent right, that's, list. I like that That's list. his list. I'm not mad at that list. Let's get Keyshawn's list starting with number five. Kyler Murray sitting at number five. And you say, well, how could that be? Look, he is keeping defensive coordinators up at night because you got to know how to defend him. If you allow him to get slightly outside the pocket, the Buffalo Bills a year ago figured that out. They allowed him to slip outside the pocket, and that's when it became the Kyler Mary Hail Mary. So, look, in the end, he can do a lot of different things with his feet. He can throw on the run, all of those sort of things. And I know you point to health, but we're not talking about health. We're talking about keeping defensive coordinators up at night. He's at number five. Number four. This is an easy one, Aaron Rodgers. We've seen Aaron Rodgers play for the Green Bay Packers his entire career. We've seen comebacks. We've seen comebacks again. We've seen darts being thrown and different receivers. We've also seen him come into a little bit of a controversial thing in the offseason a year ago. But he's back in full swing with the Green Bay Packers, keeping defensive coordinators up all night long. Number three. All night long. And this number three will drive a lot of people crazy because they're tired of hearing about the Buffalo, I haven't won anything, Bills. But Josh Allen makes my list at number three. A lot similar to a bigger Kyler Murray, a bigger Lamar Jackson. Can do a lot of things with his feet. Can swing it with the best of sling it with the best of them with his arm. He's giving it uh, all given problems last year. It wasn't his fault that they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. It was that defense giving up the goods to Patrick Mahomes, who now sits at number two. Patrick Mahomes sits at number two. Look, he could be one. That would be an easy choice. But he does so many magical things, off-schedule plays, pushing the ball down the field. Sneaky runner. He is not a running first quarterback, but a very sneaky one when he decides to pull it down and go, as you can see right here on this video clip. 
number one. Number one. Is the scariest dude at any skill position in the National Football League. It's Lamar Jackson. I played against Randy Moss at the same time Randy Moss played. Scary is ridiculous. Kept defensive coordinators up all night and day and into the next morning. And that is the way Lamar Jackson has come onto the scene in the National Football League. Soon to hopefully be an NFL champion. Has been an MVP in this league before. He sits at number one. An interesting list. Like I said, I invite everybody now on the crew to to chime in on this because we all had opinions on it when we saw the list. But I'll just begin with this. Kyler Murray as a scary quarterback, not in December. Well, look, we, we can't help the fact that the man has been hurt. That's his health. That's his size. I'm talking about defensive coordinators when he's starting and in the games, Allen, they are sitting up trying to figure out how to slow him down because that offense goes as he goes. We all know that. He can run it. He can pull it down. He can pull a Houdini out his hat. All those sort of things. You can't tell me the defensive coordinators are just sitting back going, oh, this dude is like, uh, you know, Josh McCown. No, then no, no, not at all. Okay, great. Can we stop with the Bill stuff, please? They've done absolutely nothing. They've accomplished zero, and we're this acting is, like they've won about eight but Super this Bowls. Is about stop Josh putting, Allen. He's done nothing. I'm not, why are what we scared you, of Josh I'm, Allen all of a sudden? I'm with Key on Josh Allen. I, I agree Josh with what Allen, he said. Man. He's a bigger I'm more afraid Murray, of Joe man. Burrow. He creates. He I'm creates, more afraid of Tom Brady. Well, I was going to. That's Burrow, what I wanted to ask yeah, Key about. Like Key, I know a lot. Four out of the five quarterbacks can create a lot of plays with their feet. Their ability to kind of you know dance outside the pocket, but how about the most pre- the most precise quarterback there is in the game of football? How about Tom Brady? He can't pick apart defenses. There's not nightmares before you go against you, Tom Brady. You kind of you you he's been doing it so long, Jay. It ain't it's nothing you really could do. He's seen every scheme that every defensive coordinator's ever had. Yeah. So it's really nothing you could do. You just roll your game plan out there, and it is what it is. With these other guys, you've got to figure out. How to contain him. You don't have to figure out how to contain Tom Brady. You know. You keep him in the pocket and you put that, that pocket rush into him and you push the pocket, you got something. You already know that. It's a simple game plan. Everybody knows that. But when you get out of your lanes with Kyler Murray or Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, you get out of your lanes and your responsibility, you can you can mess around and get hurt really bad. Mm. That's not the case. That's not the case with Tom Brady. All you got to do defensively is pin your ears back and go get him. You don't have to do a whole bunch of uh, worrying about the the defensive end responsibility on holding on a a run pass option. You don't have to worry about those sort of things. Do you put you put Lamar Jackson ahead of of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes? Correct. Yeah, because of his his legs, his dynamic ability with his legs, and he is an interesting sneaky passer too. I I look at it as when it comes to scare, like what, when the way Bart was describing it is he was saying it's more of during a game. That's why I would put Aaron Rodgers at number one because during a game things change. You already you have your language of on your defense. You can hear what they're calling. You know what they're doing. You're all everything's set up. And then he'll just all of a sudden flip the chessboard. And the next thing you know, he's calling something. That's not what it is anymore. He sees where you are and he's laughing at you, literally telling you, yeah, no, you're wrong, Bart. You're wrong, Bart. He's like, wait, that wasn't supposed to go that way. Like in the middle of a game, he's doing this. The mind games, 
to me, is what leads to nightmares, is thinking you're prepared but knowing there's going to be a curveball coming. I know it. Lamar Jackson, it's the legs, no doubt. It's the athleticism, and that scares you because you just want to make sure I've got a – like my tongue's hanging, I'm exhausted. This guy's still going. No. With it, Aaron Rodgers, it's i got to be able to play the mental game with this guy too, and that, that to me, is uh, something Alan, that would scare you. The, the defensive coordinators aren't sitting up all night long worrying about the mind game. They're worried about how the hell do we get this dude on the ground, okay? If, if, if all of a sudden Bart is detached from the line of scrimmage because Lamar Jackson did something and he has his responsibility on the edge to hold the backside and he gives up that responsibility, guess what? House call. See you later. Yeah. Deuces. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what you worry about. You sit up all night long worrying about those things. So, so Alan, you said that like uh, Kyler Murray's not scary in December. Aaron Rodgers isn't scary in January. Like, <laughs> I'm not scared of Aaron Rodgers because I know he's going to get to a certain point in the season where he's just not going to show up and wow. be outplayed by Jimmy G in a home game in De- in January. So, like, you want to make that argument for Kyler Murray? How can you make that argument for Aaron Rodgers who doesn't show up in the playoffs at the most important time? Okay, so so one game. You're, so you're telling me that before a playoff game. You're just going to no, say, I'm, I'm not scared of Aaron Rodgers. I'm resting easy the night before playing Aaron Rodgers because, you know, he never wins in the playoffs, so I can rest easy. The whole yeah. idea is the nightmare, yeah. right? It's the it's the scariest quarterback. The scariest quarterback is the guy that you feel like can outsmart yeah, you. Yeah, to no steal a line what. from Bart, can't wait to play Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Yeah, look forward to that. So, but then how yeah, does Tom Brady not make will. the list? They, but look, but look, everybody yeah, exactly. plays, Allen, everybody plays mind games at the line of scrimmage, man. Don't fall for it. Omaha! They, don't, they all bark that blah, 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 change the plays. <laughs> Nobody goes into a huddle with one damn play and it looks to the sideline for oh, an no, audible. That's, that's, doesn't work that, like that. That is that. not what this Bart is, said. Yeah, but that's not but what that's Bart what, what you're saying. Am I? I'm, I'm trying to reiterate what Bart said. I'm just not saying it as intelligently as he did. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> It's simple as that. It was two weeks ago. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't know how you would put him and even Mahomes – those two guys, you you would put you would not put them ahead of Lamar Jackson. This is a terrible list, really bad. Yeah, yeah, I don't I like it. I think that's the one Lamar, thing we can all agree Lamar, that Lamar Jackson wasn't very good. Lamar Justin Jackson, Herbert's not on this list. Yeah, I was to say, Key, how's no how, Justin Herbert? You talk about Josh Allen hadn't won anything. Hell, you almost made me use the S word. Hell, uh, <laughs> Josh Allen at least has gone to the playoffs. Justin Herbert ain't got to no playoffs. Yeah, but Key, his trajectory over the last two years has been pretty phenomenal, even though it hasn't always equated to Record winning. And potential don't get you potential yeah, gets you but, nothing, Jay. Yeah, Haven't but you I you heard that before. There were a lot of questionable coaching decisions. We talked about that. Their defense oh, now, was now there's no, co- no. now there's questionable coaching decisions. Well, well we've always I've been saying that. We said that this year. We talked about that. Yeah, that is that has always been the issue with with quarterbacks. We defend them that way. But you know what? I I don't think he. I don't think he's as scary as these dudes that's on my list. Okay, you know why it says Key's real rankings? Because it's hold on, man. Just because you have your real rankings doesn't mean we can't challenge Key's real. rankings. Oh no, you can challenge it. You can break it all the way down. You can slice it up, dice it however you want to. It's not changing. Here's what I want you to do, though, because we got to run here. But because everybody really went after you about Josh Allen, and I've always been a firm believer in. Josh Allen, I believe he should be on this list. So can you, Key, though, defend him to those in the control room that feel like he's done nothing? 
Based on last two seasons, he's done plenty. Now, I can't say what it's going to be moving forward with Brian Dable now in New York being a Giants head coach and Ken Dorsey taking over play calling duties, but he's been phenomenal over the last two years. Again, it was not his fault that they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Wasn't his it wasn't his fault. He did everything to put him in a position to win the game. They had opportunities to win the game based on his ability and the defense gave up. Mm. You're making excuses for Josh Allen. I guess you can't make excuses for Justin Herbert, huh? Excuses now? It, it wasn't his fault. I guess it can't be Justin Herbert's fault that his defense wasn't. You know that what I'm gonna do? You know I'm what just, I'm gonna do, man? I'm just taking your I'm, words I'm, and just I'm gonna get me one of these social media accounts <laughs> and attack you. That's what I'm gonna do. Congrats Louis. to the Bills for already winning the Super Bowl this year. And Josh Allen for already winning the MVP. <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> Keys real rankings, which everyone pretty much said was not good. But anyway. All right, Jim Pluckett's on it. all right so coming up we'll get back into the nba conversation brian winhorst going to join us and maybe he can explain to jay why the inevitability for the nets should be sooner rather than later we'll get to that both Kyrie and the lakers every time i hear that wanted each other doesn't mean (laughs) that it's over jay some people agents and executives that i talked to thought they don't think this is over not over i always say where there's smoke there's fire a conversation that we were having earlier in the show that we need to continue here because, I mean, Jay, you you don't want to hear it. You feel like we're ganging up on you, of course. No, 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 but no, no. But there no. is, I mean, there's smoke here. There's people talking about it. And now by accepting the opt-in that, that Kyrie, at least it's announced, he has to officially do it by 5 o'clock today. But by accepting that opt-in, I think it makes it easier to move him. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Yeah, Alan Hahn in for Max and Brian Windhorst, who has given us all this fodder to discuss and certainly have fun with, at sometimes at Jay's expense, joins us right now. Brian, how are you? I'm good. How's it going? Thank you, Brian. You've, yes. you've made my last 24 hours just wonderful. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> no. I, no, it, it's it's it, it just adds to the entertainment. I've always said that like certain people that understand the business and how it works, and you do, because there's things that might be, man, this is really out there. All right, but let's talk about it anyway, right? And you're always up to doing that. And and I thought that was something that on the Hoop Collective that you did when kicking around the the Lakers and the and the Nets having a deal for Kyrie. Keyshawn, as you know, who is a big Lakers fan, is all for this. Of course. Jay doesn't see it as, wait a minute, all right, that works for the Lakers, but what's in it for the Nets? So let's just begin there. Well, what would be in it for the Nets? Well, first off, I have to say this. When, when Kyrie announced he was opting in, I was like, okay, we can move on. This is not going to be a thing. But that's not what my phone was telling me. That's not what the executives were telling me. That's not what the agents were telling me. They are saying, this ain't over. Because the Nets made it clear to everybody that they did not want the status quo. If nothing else changed, that they, they were not going to be happy. And they weren't sure that this satisfied that situation. And it's not just because of the lack of the vaccine mandate. The entire way that Kyrie operated for the last couple of seasons, not just what happened with the vaccine, was part of what Sean Marks and really – by proxy, Joe Sy was talking about communication gaps season. and lack of communication. So, I would like to tell you, I would like to say this be, be put to bed, and I wouldn't have to worry about Kyrie. But that's not what my sources are saying. They're saying they don't know if this is still going to work. So, you might say to yourself, "Well, why would the Nets ever? Why would this possibly happen? How could the Lakers still do this?" 
And here's the nuance of it. I agree that if you just look at it on a raw piece of paper, you'll say you're crazy. What are you talking about? How could they possibly trade Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving? Well, here's what you have to understand. In that hypothetical trade, the Lakers would save approximately $30 million. That's right. They would potentially move from having Russell Westbrook to having Kyrie Irving and save $30 million. How the heck could they save $30 million? You must be out of your mind, Brian. What are you possibly talking about? Well, Kyrie Irving makes $11 million less than Russell Westbrook. So that's straight cash. Straight cash. And then you look at the fact that the Lakers are probably going to be in the luxury tax. Mm -hmm. And when you factor in the tax money savings, you could massively upgrade your talent by saving $30 million. Does that sound like a good deal? Sounds like a great deal. Okay, does it sound like a deal that you might be willing to throw in a draft pick or two? A 2027 draft pick? Yeah, Yeah. I'll throw that in. And maybe we can And maybe another one, yes. Okay. Yes. So now from the Nets end, well, why would the Nets do it? Why would the Nets take Russell Westbrook back? Because he's an obvious downgrade and he's more expensive. Why would the Nets possibly do that? Well, this is where we have the unknown. Where is Kevin Durant on the current situation? I don't have an answer for you. Is Kevin Durant, is he, is he okay with going forward with Kyrie Irving? Is he okay with, if the Nets were willing to tr- try to move Kyrie Irving how would that affect where Durant is? Because the Nets, in that scenario, they would pick up a $47 million player who could now be traded elsewhere, and they would have picks from the Lakers and picks that they would have from the 76ers that they now can go shopping with um, for another, another trade later on. Or they can say, we may op- actually operate better this year without Kyrie Irving here, and then next year have a bunch of salary cap space that they might be able to. To, to maneuver with. Where is Kevin Durant on that concept? I don't know. So I'm not sitting here saying that I think any of that's going to happen, but I got people who are very high-ranking officials in this league saying this is something that the Nets could still be looking at, and that's all I was pointing out. So I, I just want to jump on this for one second. So, Wendy, my only thing is I get that the business side of it makes sense. I understand that. And you bring up the point about where is Kevin Durant on this, you know, we did hear him on a podcast, his own podcast, the et cetera, is talking essentially about, you know, I'm staying out of that kind of stuff. But to me, his lack of saying something says everything you need to know about their relationship because that has been consistent with how KD has treated Kyrie Irving throughout all this. I'm talking about through all the stuff with George Floyd, throughout all the stuff with the January 6th insurrection, throughout all the stuff with the pandemic. He has not said anything. He's been loyal. He's been loyal to him. So to me, like that, a lot of people always say, well, you know, how is this the right move? And I'm like, Kyrie, to me, feels like he is the person saying, like, you know, responding to Katie saying, I'm going to reward that loyalty by being with you for another year. I I see the relationship being so close and tight. I don't know if I see KD coming out and saying, I'm willing to make the right business move for where I want this franchise to be. Because I don't know if he's looking at this by saying, I plan on being with this franchise for the next five years. Wait a minute. What, What did you just say that Kyrie was saying? That he that he's going to stake with his with his with his commitment. I mean, that's a public relations spin. Mm. A couple of days ago, he was asking for a sign and trade to find a way out of there. That, that, but that's what I was but trying I feel to like tell that's all Jay. Leverage. I feel like that was a gameplay because he wanted and it a didn't term. work. It didn't work. I, I came on the so show now, and said it didn't work. So now he can say that I'm countering my commitment. I don't care. I mean, you may be right. I don't care about that statement. That statement carries no water with me. I mean, Kyrie's got to do what's best for his career. I understand. And, and, and the concept of getting traded elsewhere 
increase the chances he could get a new, much bigger contract than the Nets were offering. That's what he was, that's what he was doing. The, the idea of, of keeping his commitment to Durant, because it's but, not a four-year commitment for Durant. Durant extended his contract. I understand. But, so it's, it's, Durant's but, like, this, this commitment goes much further than four years. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're the Nets, if, I mean, it depends upon how you weigh this, though. Like, don't you see how this plays out? Like, for a minute before you just make a move and... Okay, yeah. Hey, listen. I thought it was over, Jay. And I want it to be over. <laughs> but I'm just telling you what the people in the league are saying. Brian Winworth joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Bryant. So... Out of all the teams, obviously the Lakers and Kyrie, you know, they got a little twinkle in the eye with each other. Outside of the Lakers, there's anybody else that may be pursuing or feel a certain way about Kyrie? At $36 million to trade for, it's hard for me to see today. I think if Kyrie had opted out of his contract and was available for either the $6 million taxpayer mid-level or was available for the $10 million uh, full mid-level, which some teams have, I think there's a lot of teams interested in Kyrie on a short deal, massively mm. undervalued. So, like, when you hear about teams that were interested in Kyrie, if he opted out, I would say there would be a handful. Uh, teams that are interested in trading what it would take to get him, um, I, don't, I don't think the list is that long. But, you know, it's June 29th. I don't know where the, the lay of the land is going to be, uh, you know, in a month, in six months. We'll see. I, here's what I do know. The last full season that Kyrie played, which was the pandemic-shortened year, the, you know, the, uh, the, in between the bubble and last season, he, had, he was a 50-40-90 player. Mm-hmm. He played, I think, 54 of the 68 mm-hmm. or 70 games. Like he, he, he played more of a percentage of games. He was really good that year. And if he comes back this year and plays something along that line, he'll be very good this year. And the Nets will benefit from him. On, in some situations, and other teams, I think, will be interested in that, too. It is an amazing – it's just such a fascinating story. And, and Wendy, you're right. You want it to go away. There's a party that just knows, don't think it's going to. And Wendy's not going away either. We're going to bring him back later in the show because there's more to get to with him, uh, including what happens with James Harden, who he has a decision to make today as well in Philadelphia. Wendy, thanks so much. We'll see you in a little bit. All right. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. 
Keyshawn J. Will and Max Allenhan in for Max. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's talk some golf, fellas. Quinn Riley joining us right now. No, he's not ready. My bad. He was ready, then he wasn't ready. He's ready. You know what he's ready for? He's ready for uh, the John Deere Classic. Mm. It starts tomorrow. He tees off at 3. TPC Deer Run, Illinois. He is now ready, and he joins us right now. Quinn Riley from Duke, now turning pro. Ranked number one in the Advocates Pro Golf Association's Tour College uh, Rankings. The APGA Tours, nonprofit organization with mission to prepare African Americans and other minority golfers to compete and win at the highest level of professional golf, both on tour and in the golf industry. And we welcome in right now, Quinn. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Quinn. Good morning. We'll see how good you are in about five minutes when your arm, because I see it holding up your phone, just starts to start shaking. <laughs> just the phone just starts shaking. Like yeah. I'm still holding, still holding. Yeah. <laughs> But you, you and Jay have on it. you and Jay have something though in common, is that Jay? Is it not true that that your original plan was to play for North Carolina all along, but then you ended up choosing Duke, right? Yep, grew up uh, a Phil Ford, uh, a Vince Carter fan, who I joke with Vince all the time. Uh, but just worked out that I happened to go to the better school, and the rest was history. Was it the same way for you, Q? Uh debatable on uh, the better school but um yeah i uh junior golf went really well and uh, i had the opportunity they were going through a coaching change and um it just made recruiting a little bit complicated but um i ended up getting in touch with duke and it was a pretty simple decision from there wait quinn did you just say that it's debatable which is the better school did i just hear you uh <laughs> did you just say that is it debatable I'm I've got really people on both sides of the line. No, no, I don't want to hear this both sides. No, not on this show, Q. Not on this show. You pick a side. Go ahead, Key. Take it away. I can't. I, I, I'll, I'll be a blue devil for right now. I'll be a blue devil. Oh, my. I, I, I'm, wow. Quinn, you started playing uh, golf at six years old, which would take you back to 2006, right when Tiger was dominating the golf circuit. How much of an of an influence has Tiger had on you in your golf career, your young golf career? It's been huge. Uh, watching him wear Sunday red, you kind of just knew he was the man, even as a six year old. And uh, I was playing uh, EA Sports's uh, Tiger two thousand and six all the way through like two thousand and ten until they like discontinued it. And he was the guy to beat on the video game, and you just knew that like there's he was un deniably the best golfer in the world and i mean when he looks like you it's it's all the inspiration to to try it out yourself quinn have you ever met tiger have you ever spent any time with him or got a chance to ask him for any advice on how to move forward i've never met him in person no Mm, that's interesting uh quinn riley duke golfer joining us this morning on uh Join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So you said you haven't met Tiger Woods thus far, but if Tiger Woods was standing behind you right now, what would you say? Uh, I would ask him when we're getting new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm been curious. a huge fan of the shoes. 
I, I, I am curious, though, for all the things that he's been through. You know, if you did have a chance to ask him for one piece of advice, what do you think you would ask him, Quinn? Uh, I know he's just been really good at compartmentalizing um, what goes on and off the course. I don't think I can really think of anyone who's done it better than him and uh, separating the two lives that he lives. And uh, I know that going into professional golf, you, you kind of have to manage that part. And that's what I'm getting used to. And I just would ask him for any advice or tips that he has on that. Good. While you were at uh, while you were at Duke, uh, I saw that you gave golf lessons to Zion Williamson. What kind of golfer is he? He's a uh, he's a beginner, but he's very competitive. Very competitive. Does it compare to Charles Barkley's swing? Is it better oh. at this stage? Like how? Like what's his comp? He's uh, I saw the videos of uh, of Charles. He's got a little bit more speed. And Charles, the uh, the ball striking is kind of the kind of the same. But uh, I know I've been watching Charles Barkley since he was working with Haney, and uh, I remember he was pausing like three, four times on the downswing. And it's good to see that he's kind of worked that one out. <laughs> what do you expect to, for it to be like this week in the uh, John Deere Classic on the PGA Circuit for you? Uh, I expect it to be a good week, a really fun week. It's been fun so far. Um, I know I'm going to have family uh, out here watching me, and uh, the TV is going to be rolling. So uh, I know there's going to be some pressure kind of when I start off. But um, I think it's just going to be a really fun week, a really good learning experience. And uh, I should learn a few things about myself that I can apply towards uh, getting out here full time. You Quinn, into, go ahead, Jake. I was going to ask you one last time. One last one. This is my last shot. If you had to choose a side, which side are you choosing? The royal blue or the Carolina I'm, blue? I'm a blue devil. Okay. That's all I wanted to hear. I'm done. Dark I'm, blue. I'm Dark done. Blue. That's all I wanted to yep. hear. I, I'm he good it. now. Right. I'm good. I'm cheering for you every time I see you on the screen. He, he got it. He got it confirmed. That, that was very important for Jay to get. All right. So, Quinn's <laughs> going to tee up tomorrow at 3 o'clock again at the John Deere Classic. And, uh, just great to see you get this opportunity, and I'm glad you were able to get that clarified for Jay because for the rest of the show, he would have been devastated oh. if you did not say Duke Blue Devils. Quinn, uh, good luck. All the best to you, and thanks for joining us. Good luck, Quinn. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. All, right, all the best. See, Jay. And Jay? I don't, know if, he, I don't know if he was all in on you, Jay. I, that guy, that guy, Dyson, man. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he was all Duke, man. I'm just telling you. I, I think he did that for you at the end, Key. I think yeah. he just did that for Jay at the end. Yeah, the good people think, on both sides. Huh? Conflicting, yeah. right? Really? Um, Were you ever conflicted if, if at some, all, Jay? No, no, there wasn't a part. Because somebody that, said to you, Jay, you say Duke immediately. It wouldn't it's even not be even a question. I mean, see, yeah, start with a question. You see, right. it that's what happens comes on the show. People can't make up their mind. And for him, yeah. it's a question. He call, a, by the way, he called Zion a beginner. It's a kind. It's a very kind way of saying he's not very good. I'm guessing. Well, well, Twenty years in I, the I, NBA too. Well, wow. Oh, coming from a guy who never played NBA. Anyway, moving on. I would just say. Uh, that, well, Jay. Never mind. <laughs> As like, an all-star, what's good for him to take care of his own? Now? That's what we do. Yeah. Take care. Of no, it's a good story. There's no doubt about that. You know what else? A good story. The Knicks are clearing cap space. The bad story is for who next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.